Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 157, as always, I'm joined by Dom. <sighs> Pete Hines. Uh, Alright. Whoa, whoa. And Jordan. <laughs> Greetings, Jared. How are you today? I'm good, Jordan, but how are you doing? I am spectacular. It is wonderful to have you on the show once again. God, if I ever had like a robot in my house that talked like that, I would never go to sleep. (laughs) It's terrifying. Jared, would you like to discuss Star Wars? Oh, God. Um, (laughs) So, let's hop into what we've been playing. Uh, Dom, you want to lead us off? Yes, I do. I've been playing a game called... It's like four sentences. The Legend of Zelda featuring Cadence of Hyrule dancing necromancer. Uh, featuring Crypt of the Necrodancer, Cadence of Hyrule. It's actually a lovely subtitle, Dom, and I won't have you besmirch the name. I will even I'll double down and say the title is fucking nonsense, but that's okay. Um, the layering of the title is certainly nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I get it, what it's saying, but it, that's but just a long title. But Cadence of Hyrule, I love, I just love that yeah. part. Cadence that of part Hyrule is cool. Is really cool. So that's actually what I've been calling it, just as Cadence of Hyrule. Like, that's a good title. Like, I know it's not quite descriptive enough as they want, but that, to me, sounds better. Anyway, I've been playing that. I'm nearly done. It's a very interesting game. So, <laughs> it's incredible. Let me tell you, boys, it's a very interesting game. It's an interesting time. It's incredibly difficult. After like 20 minutes of, wow, well, this sucks. I turned off like the actual beat mode that requires you to only move on beats. Because holy shit, it's absurd. It's inc- I, I don't know how anyone could ever play the game like that. It's so difficult. Um, and it's much better, but it's even, even so without that, it's pretty difficult. explain what that is, Dom, for those who don't know. It's literally a rhythm game in that there's beats that are obviously go along with the music that are coming across on a little slider on the bottom of the screen okay. and they come off, you know, and to the, like I said, to the music and you have to, you can only move on those beats. So you move, you know, square to square in grids only on beats. So it's though. almost like turn-based in that sense. Yeah. It's more to me. It's like equally like a strategy game, you know, like a fire emblem almost um, as it is, you know, a 2d Zelda game because you're moving in a grid and you have to be planning ahead where you're going and what attack you're using and so on. So actually, that's a yeah, that's a good observation. It is like that, but it adds in you can only move on the beat, which which is absurd. It's crazy because each screen is like a 2D Zelda game, um, but you, because you can only move on the beats, you have to you have to keep going. And it's everything is a puzzle. Like the enemies on the screen are all one puzzle because they only move on when you move, um, and they all attack differently. So you have to figure out like. I move this way. They each have different patterns. The enemies, so it's it's incredibly difficult to like learn their patterns and move around and be according to the beat. It's at, like probably the most difficult thing I've ever tried to do in a video game, hands down. Not exaggerating. Without playing with that on, did it take away and from your experience? Souls. Or are you still really enjoying it? Because it seems to me uh, like if that gets turned off, then that takes away a primary part of what makes that game unique. So then, yeah. does it lose its identity? I think so, a good amount, because, I mean, you still, the music is still really cool. It's remixes of, you know, Zelda songs. But, yeah, that's like, that's kind of a, 
you know, 60% of the core functionality of the gameplay is that, and you're turning it off. But, I mean, I can't play without it, so it's like that or nothing. Um, but do you, I mean, there's still inherent value in it because you're able to turn it off, right? Like, if you weren't able to, then and you can't play through it, then it's just a busted purchase on your part, right? It's a wasted money. So it's like that weird, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like what I would, uh, a lot of similarities to, you know, the, the easy mode in a Dark Souls game baby uh, argument. Baby mode. <laughs> where, yeah, this is allowing, this mode is now allowing me to play a game that I might not have been to, to play otherwise, but I'm not, the original intent of the game is, you know, I'm not, I'm only getting 50% of what makes the game cool, basically. Um, because of my lack of musical ability and failure to keep a beat. Um, but um, it's also the other weird thing about it is it's uh, roguelike, like, light, whatever the fuck. I don't, that stuff drives me nuts, those two words. But when you die, most of your items go away, and I die often. So that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, all, all your rupees. Very few things, you know, I, you know, like a quarter of your items carry over beyond death. Um, but it's really quick, so like you die and you're just like right back where you were, and so it it doesn't break the flow that much. Um, and most items are really easy to get back, and that mar- that much of it I don't mind. It just brings a different dimension, I think, to Zelda to a Zelda game that I kind of like that. Like starting to, it's kind of like spoon feeding you those elements of those types of games. You don't entirely start over, but those are there. Um, so after all that, it's also a pretty good 2D Zelda game. You know, it's it looks really really beautiful on the switch and it's still a lot of fun it's you know um similar to after that it's similar to any other 2d zelda game you can think of just just smaller um I've is the soundtrack like four hours is the soundtrack making your playlist no um actually i've been bogarting a really good lo-fi zelda remix beats playlist uh that is just it's fucking i'll have to send it to you guys it's mind-blowingly good <laughs> but that's uh yeah this is more uh upbeat stuff um that I, I i don't know that i'd listen to it outside of playing the game but i do really like it it's really cool you think it's good um, it's just maybe not something you want to listen to all the time yeah i don't yeah. typically listen to video game soundtracks outside of in the game not that i don't appreciate them but i don't know you kind of i think a lot of them are meant you know they're meant to be part of that game while you're playing, so they don't always translate. What's that? Yeah, from? what's that from, Jared? Sounded familiar. I am not good with soundtracks. One of my favorite video game themes of all time from one of my favorite series. I have no clue. Big hit. Game takes place in Egypt. Oh, Assassin's Creed. Origins. Huh. Origins. It's so it's so <laughs> cool, dude. It's like kinda gives you that vibe of like walking through a tomb, but it's also got like the futuristic animus vibes. This is all within a song. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I I don't really listen to video game soundtracks outside of games either unless I'm like writing and I want to feel a specific way down. That's usually yeah. what I do because video game soundtracks do a really good job of putting you in a certain mood if they're done well, so yeah, it's a different kind of thing. It's not like music that's made, meant you know directly for listening and not a part of a game or movie or whatever. But, but anyway, yeah, Cadence of Hyrule. It's pretty. It's still a pretty good uh, 2D Zelda game. Um, you know, it's cheap, right? It was like 20 bucks, so it's it's an indie game. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, like I said, almost done. It's a shorter. It's a shorter game, but yeah, had a lot, having a lot of fun with it. So 
that's that's been it. So, how do you expect Cadence to make a cameo in Breath of the Wild two or whatever it's called? No, like an Easter egg. You don't think she'll be that, in it at all? That would shock me. I mean, no. Okay. Cadence is a character. Yeah, she's the main character you play as, right? No, uh, you play primarily as Link or Zelda. You can later on unlock. I guess one girl, right? Yeah, you don't play as her. Weird. I thought you played as her. No. Um, at the very, like, the tutorial you do for, like, two minutes, but then you switch to either Link or Zelda, and then at the very end, um, you can unlock the ability to um, switch between the three of them. And Weird. So then you can play. Yeah. My understanding was you, you she was the main character, but you had the choice to play as either Zelda or Link. That's weird. I did not know that. Misunderstanding yeah. on my part. Hmm. Interesting. That may be smarter, though, to pe- get people more interested that they, like, are forced to play as one of the characters people care about from Legend of Zelda. So. It is, I mean, like I mentioned, like, a lot of the elements of this, of the Necrodancer game um, are, you know, this is this is a dangerous thing, right? Because you're going to have a lot of people joining this game that are Zelda fans that have never played that uh, the Necrodancer game. And it's a it's a weird ass gameplay style, right? So, um, I think that's just one extra thing they decided to do. Like, well, let's at least let them play as Link. We're already making him dance, so might as well let him still be Link you or Zelda. Got this little appetizer before your uh, nice meal this fall. That's going to be the Link's Awakening remake. Fuck, Two and weeks. That, so, and that's exactly how it feels. Yes. And then you'll have uh, Breath of the Wild coming through. Not not too far after that so as a zelda fan like it's a good time to be good days zelda games yes uh anything else of note no that's been it there's probably some tv shows or movies i'm not thinking of but for another day i suppose jordan dominic did you watch the second season on netflix of mind hunter yeah yes and it was so good you Holy did shit. Yes. oh i was just going out on a limb don't Actually, say anything because I'm on I think episode, I, finished episode six, seven? Man, it's good. I think I actually had finished it within like two or three days of it dropping on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, you know that I usually don't watch more than probably one at the very most two of like an hour long episode for a drama. And this show, I just, dude, it's so fucking good. And it's, it's too good. Fincher shit is just so fucking on point that I can't can't keep away from it so uh, i've been watching it really quick as well and man i always have thought especially with what we saw with game of thrones that uh and westworld uh tv show taking a year off and basically coming back two years after its previous season i always think that that is uh detrimental to a show almost always i should say because uh, it's been two years since Mindhunter season one, and they have not at all missed a step. And I think this show in particular can handle that, uh, the way that they've set it up. So um, it worked out well for them, and I'm really glad that they um, haven't missed a step because this show is so on point in so many ways, and it it's totally nails what I love about David Fincher and his films. And now shows with this in House of Cards. Um, 
just being obviously a psychological thriller and the tone and atmosphere and the music um, also has a incredible theme of its own uh, musical theme of its own and um, so yeah I am just loving the show it's absolutely one of my favorites on uh, you know TV right now even though it's it hasn't been around the past year or so so yeah it's another one um similar to the re the dramatization of uh the oj case that show i forget what it was called oh it yeah. came out uh, came out a few years ago American it's another crime one story crime story yeah um it's another one like that where it's all real and so that's what i actually didn't realize is like the two detectives are they were real or i mean yeah. they're still real probably it's based but, on on a non-fiction book yeah, okay, I didn't know there was a book either. But yeah. uh, it's similar to the that other crime story show and that it um I mean, I wasn't alive during this time. So right. when like when serial killers were like not understood and like were becoming famous initially and it was like a weird thing and everyone was trying to study them and it was like just this bizarre time where when the term understood was coined it. and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, we you know, we weren't around when that was actually going on, so like it's hard to understand like that what that was like, but this show I think captured it captures it as well as you could where there's like this weird interest in uh the minds of these types of people and and then obviously the stories themselves are real and i don't know most of them or how they ended um i might have heard of some of these killers or uh, other things going on but yeah so it's a lot of new interesting stuff that kind of like for people like me who are a little younger uh in this context uh is a i don't know it's a lot of learning too it's very interesting so i'm i enjoyed the hell out of the first two seasons that's a terrifying thing of like when i was playing red dead redemption (laughs) sorry to go on a little tangent but I, would, I was thinking about, like, if you were living in this time, imagine how easy it would have been to become a serial killer and get away with it. Like, well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> imagine how easy it would have been to die in times like that. Oh, yeah. You could die from, like, like how pricking your finger on survive. the wrong piece of metal. Yeah. Right. Anyways, yeah, back so. to uh, your thoughts on Mindhunter. Sorry. Yeah, Mindhunter, <laughs> season two. Fucking awesome. Well worth the wait. And it has been a wait indeed. Um, moving forward, didn't play too much of Control, so I didn't finish it, but, uh, am seemingly pretty close. I've really just been doing the critical path, um, it's possible I'll circle back around to the game since I am, uh, enjoying it so much and am such a fan of, uh, Remedy and the style of games that they've been making, uh, because it certainly seems to have a lot of side stuff to do if you want uh the old house is definitely quite expansive um so um we'll see if i get back around to that but uh just the main story itself is pretty good you're right there dom i just realized something i played in through its in, in its entirety and i didn't even mention please please by all means man of madan um i'll man keep of it brief Madan. i'll keep it brief like the game um, but I was very thankful it was brief because, and I don't normally do things like this, and I and I you know I try to not Wait, be too harsh. Wait, you see, you like the game? No, like the game, it was brief. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I, yeah. I was like, that contradicts what you told us in chat. I was like, what the hell? He yeah. Did not like the game. Yeah, yeah, and I I know a lot of people worked on this and spent a lot of time and like probably a lot of crunch and and I feel bad. It sucks. It's bad. Um, pretty much every bit of it. It's not, I mean, there's some good jump scares and some spooky moments, but it's just bad. And it's 
technically not great. It doesn't look as good as I remember until dawn looking, but maybe that's just me. And plus, oh, yeah. I actually played this on Xbox um, because I rented it, thank God. Um, and then it, you know, lots of uh, frame rate problems and just straight up like hitches. Like for a few seconds, the free, the screen would just freeze, right? And that was screwing things up, and the button prompts, you know, all that was getting fucked up. And then um, the story, there wasn't much of it at all, even though there's four and a half hours of gameplay. There wasn't really any story that was meaningful that went alongside it. Throughout the majority of the game, you're just wandering aimlessly as these different characters throughout this you know, giant submarine ship or whatever. And it's just it's just incohesive nonsense that's going on. And I'm usually not like this about game. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm tip- typically more positive or at least neutral, but this, it was just bad. And it, so we yeah, originally we originally knew that it was, like, multiplayer. But once the game came out, I realized that five people can play the game at one well, at a once, but, like, five people can choose a character and then they'll play as that specific character right when their part of the game comes up. And that right there gave me a lot of red flags because the reason Until Dawn was so good was because you were... Sp- it was like a focused track of like one set story. You would move between characters, but it was one person playing and somebody maybe back sitting behind you. And with this, they're like, why don't we try to give everybody a role so everybody feels included? And then when you do that, you have to try to make all of the characters feel quote unquote meaningful for what they're doing. So each player doesn't feel as if they're getting the shit part of the game, which then leads to all of the game kind of being shit because you're trying to focus on all of these different parts. I don't know. I like, I still am going to get around to it. I guarantee you this will be on Game Pass, and that's probably how I'll play it. Um, and I'm still excited for, like, the anthology, but it doesn't surprise me that you didn't enjoy it. You know, I'm like, I'm not, like, shocked. So Yeah, um, it definitely, definitely don't recommend it um, for solo or, like, couch co-op type of a game. That's how I played it. Like, um, Emily and I just switched off with the controller. Um, and it actually, like that, it, there's a mode designed for that where, like, you each pick some of the characters. Yeah. So when that certain character comes up, I would pass the controller to her and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that's similar to how it would function online, except for, you know, in, you get only one character. So it might be better that way yet. But that's the caveat, I guess, to my criticism is I didn't play that online mode, which hopefully it's better than um, how I did play it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm still – I mean, Until Dawn was excellent. And while there's not really much with this game that I can like, oh, there, but there's potential. I can't even really find anything like that. It's just, it's Dang. just all kind of there. I am still excited. I'm definitely going to play the next uh, uh, chapter in the anthology or whatever. You know, I mean, they've. I'm okay. still into horror games. There's not too many games like this. I mean, I'm definitely going to give the next one a chance still. So. Nice. Should it's unfortunate that you didn't I, enjoy it. Until but. Dawn, Iron was hot, man. Should have just gone with Until Dawn too while they had a chance. Yeah, they ended up making a bunch of VR games and that weird one in the psych ward, right? What was it called? Yeah, they do the VR spinoffs. I think they did two VR spinoffs plus this plus at least one PlayLink style similar to this where it's like multiple yeah. people can jump in. Hidden Agenda. A shorter, uh, Hidden Agenda was like a shorter Until Dawn, basically. The yeah. Impatient so. or something? Impatient, I think Impatient that's Impatient was, was yeah. one of the VR as long as well as uh, Rush of Blood, which was the on rail shooter. So yeah. all that and they still have not done Until Dawn Two, which is clearly their biggest success and there's just Oh they'll never be able they'll never what do I was it. Talking about with, sorry, what? They'll never do it. Maybe not. Yeah. 
I well, they stated it, yeah. that like this anthology series is what they want to do because they have more creative control over it and they have uh, a quicker turnaround in terms of releasing games. And obviously, like yeah. Until Dawn is a Sony property, so unless they want to do another exclusive game, but it doesn't ah. seem like it. But to your point, Jordan, if what Dom said, this game not being great, if the next one isn't great and also doesn't sell well, uh, then they might be forced to go back to Sony and be like, hey. Well, that <laughs> and the fact that they say that now, but in the meantime, they've done two PlayStation exclusive VR games. They've done a PlayStation exclusive and PlayLink Hidden Agenda. So you were buddy buddy with PlayStation this whole time. Why didn't you just do Until Dawn two, and then do your, you know, yeah, uh, anthology after that? Like, I think that maybe it's a situation where they're like, well, we want to do what we want to do now, but it's like you didn't take care of what needed to be taken care of, and and I hope that's not to the detriment of the studio, you know, because. Uh, that's like it kind of re- unfortunately reminds me of is it United Front that was doing the um, Sleeping Dogs and then they were like oh we're going to do tri- Triad Wars Online in the Sleeping Dogs universe it's like no make Sleeping Dogs too well the thing too to that point is we don't know if all of their VR games were also like pushed by Sony because Sony had been wanting people to make games for PSVR to push the technology, and all of those all of their there, projects were PlayStation exclusives, right? All of those yeah, VR games. That's absolutely so. a possibility. So it's like, who knows whether it's their fault or Sony's? But either way, in my opinion, I hope that you know, like I said, it's not to the detriment of the studio, but um, I could see it happening where it is that they just didn't go down that until dawn two path when the game had no reason to be as popular as it was as much as it was just uh you know kind of like uh not mouth to mouth what am i thinking of um when people are like evangelizing a game in between each other and that's a word of mouth not mouth mouth. to mouth (laughs) word of mouth uh you know that's what got popular so yeah um yeah but Uh, um I was disappointed. Anyways. It was a bummer. Anything else, Jordan? So, or should I go with what I've been? Uh, besides Mind Hunter, let's. You mentioned see Control. Here. You played a little bit of it, or you didn't really play a much bit of it. Control. Yeah, just played a little bit of Control. Um, I guess that's not true. I, I played several hours of it, so that's you know, in the grand scheme of things, or whatever. But uh, anyways. Uh, I want to give a shout out to some comics because I've been reading plenty of those recently. Um, I want to give a shout out to some that have ended just today. Uh, the Wicked and the Divine ended with issue 45. Um, that is a comic that I definitely don't think is for everybody and I wouldn't recommend to a ton of people, but I do still think it's great and I, uh, it's another notch in me enjoying uh, Kieran Gillen as a comic writer quite a bit. So, um, also ended recently was Paper Girls uh, with issue thirty, I think, and that I would recommend to a lot of people. It's a great time travel story, and um, Mark Wade's Doctor Strange is ending. 
uh, which is sad because I really enjoyed that book. Um, kind of a cosmic, more cosmic Doctor Strange. Um, kind of a throwback, I guess. Um, let's see. I've been enjoying, as we've gotten uh, further through it, I've been enjoying the House and Powers of X series. Uh, how about you, Jared? Yeah, really enjoying it. I think it's, they're both, uh, just have a couple issues left. And um, definitely a much needed comic reboot, comic book uh, reboot for the X Men. So uh, glad to see that going on. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, a couple more quick ones. Um, I caught up on Miss Marvel, the magnificent Miss Marvel. Uh, written by Saladin Ahmed, and that is a great book. I uh, really enjoyed that. Didn't expect it. It was kind of one of those ones that I caught up on uh, well after plenty of other Marvel Fresh Start books. I love um, her new Kree suit. It's so cool. Yeah, her new suit is something else, that's for sure. It's, uh, I mean, I guess it's not spoilers to talk about a suit, right? Um, it's kind of just more like technologically advanced, I guess you could say, in a simple uh, way. Um, not in love with the visual aspect of it completely, but for the most part, it looks very good. Um, let's see. Give a shout out to um, Event Leviathan from DC with its especially its art I think the story is is definitely good um, with what's going on with basically like all the um, kind of underground Intel organizations throughout the DC universe going down all at once um, so that's definitely cool with uh, the detectives coming together um, and I love the question. I'm so glad the question's hanging around, Batman. It's so fucking great. Um, but the art, man, I've noticed that, uh, to me, I think the current state is you have Marvel doing more consistent artwork, but uh, it's just, like, for the most part, really solid and just, like, beautiful comic book artwork, superhero artwork. Um, and then I think you have DC also doing a lot of that, but they, of the two, I would say are more experimental in their artwork and um, kind of push the boundaries and definitely go a little bit more um, further out, I guess you could say. And Event Leviathan is absolutely that. It is um, what I think now in modern day comics is like, crazy that you have stuff on the level of the Yoji Shinkawa stuff that you see behind me um, and yet it's just in a monthly comic um, it's weird I think it kind of you kind of go into the whole thing of like you know comic book crunch and how artists are working too hard for too little money and there's a whole conversation there but I think that for what you're getting it's weird how these are almost like throwaway, you know, 30 page issues as a lot of people treat them. But the art that we're getting nowadays compared to, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it's not like artists have just all of a sudden become amazing in this span of time. It's just that 
I think for whatever reason they're putting so much more effort and work and time into it uh, probably just because they love it and they want to and they have a passion for it so I really appreciate that and A Vit Leviathan is a good example of that so uh, I guess we'll hop into really quickly what I've been playing so I've been playing more control I think I'm like 8 hours in 7 or 8 hours in uh, really enjoying it I just got to the part where uh, I'm trying to I got level 4 clearance Jordan I was trying to figure out how to say that without okay. spoiling it for people. Um, Have you gotten to? Uh, I've gotten to the person. I've gotten to the person with the shotgun. The African American person with the shotgun. <laughs> okay. If that helps. Yeah. Marshall. No, I, I got. I got yeah. you. I got okay. you. Um, I've been doing some side stuff like the side missions. I got stuck in a maze for like 40 minutes that I googled and realized that I can't complete until I'm close to the end of the game. So that was frustrating. Yeah. Of like them yeah, putting a maze I in the feel game. The same way. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah, I sat there and I was like, what? I'm tr- trying all these different things. And it's like, why am I even able to enter at this point? It, it just, yeah, it didn't seem yeah. smart. But other than that, I'm still absolutely loving the game. Like, as it sits, it'll probably be a contender for me for game of the year. But I mean, we're barely at the beginning of fall, and like looking through the list of all the other games I'm going to play, I'm like, God, this is just going to be another great year if things hold. You know, who knows? Some of the games might be sneakers. You never know. Uh, yeah. In terms of comics, Fair Lady recently ended, which sucks. It got canceled after five issues. Fair um, Lady, what's that? Uh, that was the one I was telling you about a while back. That's like a Batman detective comic. It's like one and done stories of like this she's only female detective in this area and like the main city is uh like giant knight's armor kind of um gotcha and yeah the for the creator really sucked hearing him talk about the book getting canceled it's phenomenal uh it got named one of the best comics of 2019 it's personally one of my favorites if not my favorite of 2019 uh i would love for it to turn into like an animated series like i think it'd be dope um the art sound its comics is is unique to itself too. It's not like um, like the dies or event Leviathan. Um, it's more towards the traditional comic look, but it does have its own style thanks to the artist, which the name's escaping right now. Forgive me for that. But uh, yeah, that sucks that that ended. Um, nothing else that you hadn't mentioned that I want to mention particularly uh, in terms of. Movies and TV, I told you I recently finished season one of Titans, enjoyed it. Finale was great as an episode, but I enjoyed it as a finale, specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Continued watching Cowboy Bebop, still loving it. Uh, hey. Anything else? Oh, Breaking Bad, I'm currently... Uh, I'm currently on the part where uh, Jesse has to travel. I guess this is the best way to say it without spoiling things. Uh, he has to travel with Gus. I guess I'll say that yeah. much. See if you yes, can kind of understand where I'm where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, the last episode I watched, I believe, is called Salud, uh, which is like Salud. cheers and stuff. Uh, Skull. I'm trying to think of what else. Anything else of note? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, wanted to get around. Oh, I've watched uh, QB One season three, which anybody who's listening probably won't care, but it's one of the a really good documentary style shows on Netflix that follows 
uh, high school senior quarterbacks who are like the top of their class and get recruited to top colleges and it follows them through their senior year and they do a really good job of picking different stories for these people so for season three they had the number one recruit in the country they had this kid from like louisiana who is going to a d1 school but he's figuring out if he wants to like go to a school near his family or if he wants to like get as far away as possible you know so he's kind of fighting that battle and then the third one is a kid who ends up like tearing his acl at the beginning of his senior year so it's him dealing with not being able to play at all even and worrying about not getting the scholarship he they he was already promised even hearing the terminology tearing your acl it's just like fuck that dude it's as bad as it sounds it's awful too because you can get hit as hard as possible in your entire life and not receive an injury and you can jog on the sideline before a game and tear your ACL you know what I mean like it could happen at any point anyways show's really good if you have any interest in football QB1 and uh, No Chance You are like some of the best documentary um, American football programs like bar none Uh, Hard Knocks 2 recently finished that Raiders are a joke Man, Other I've never Friday watched a Friday Night Lights TV show. I want to get around to it. The movie's incredible. Oh it's like one of my favorite God. Dude, you think that about the movie and you haven't seen the show? It's just one of those things I never got around Fuck. to. I know. It's like okay, on Jared. my like backlog. That, like, I'm not into high school dramas. I'm not into kind of like the soap opera type of shit. But this show is something else, man. I know. It's We've actually awesome. talked about it on the podcast before, and I'm like, I got it on my right. backlog. I'm going to get around to it, but that's yeah. what it is. Uh, yeah, so pretty much just control in terms of games. Uh, oh, Apex Legends, I want to mention real quick. They released their first animated short. You know, Overwatch is kind of famous for them. They released their first one for the character uh, Wraith, and it was called Voidwalker, and it basically told her backstory Void how Walker. she was. It's kind of crazy. I don't want to go too long on it, but... So she can walk through the void, and people were wondering what the void was specifically, and it turns out when she enters the void, she gets to see herself from every other alternate reality, and she can call out to herself and help herself. So she thinks she hears voices, but in reality, like she's going crazy, but in reality she's hearing herself from alternate dimensions that are trying to help her. But to her, she's just hearing voices in her head and she thinks she's going crazy. It's a really cool mm. idea for a character. It's kind of complicated with all of like the time warpy stuff. Um, in the short, it's pretty interesting. Cool thing is they updated the game alongside the short, where the lab where she was experimented on uh, was like not added but unsurfaced because like an event that happened previously kind of destroyed a lot of the map. And you can visit the lab that was in the short, uh, which is really cool. And they have an event around her where you can get specific skins for her during this void walker event so that was a really interesting way to spice up the game with apex they do it differently in the fortnite they're not like updating constantly every week and having to nerf or balance things their updates come at a little bit slower of a pace but when they do there isn't really any issues with them which i appreciate so good time there so um jared i just went ahead and routed myself to fair lady since i want to read it now and you were trying to remember the artists. It's Marissa Louise and Claudia Balboni, I think is how you would pronounce that. And Brian Shermer as the artist. Or writer. writer. Yeah. I've actually talked to him a little bit on Twitter. He's a really nice guy. Nice. He appreciates people who, like, take the time to, like, check out his comic. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a... I don't want to, like, build it up too much, but it's a... It's a very solid comic book. It's 
one of the things I would introduce to people who aren't too much into comics because it individually they're one and done so you could pick up any number of the issues on top of the mm-hmm. fact that like with these new IPs they're not tied to like any previous lore so you don't have to worry about how does this connect to this how does that connect to that you know all that normal comic book trouble it sucks to hear about comic book cancellations especially for quality books but um, it sounds like this and even other series I know like that a lot of times they lend themselves to a shorter run and are more enjoyable in that fashion yeah and comic books uh, there's a whole conversation now about how comic books and graphic novels are the best way to introduce a new IP into the world for a chance of getting it made into television or movies um, uh, because it's absolutely a thing right now yeah uh, let's hop into news we're going, we're going a little <laughs> bit long in terms of what we've been playing uh, got some quickie news and then we're going to go over the Nintendo Direct that happened uh, the day of recording September 4th so quickie news here uh, Gears 5 reviews are, are live they're currently rolling in it's at an 86 on Metacritic, another great reviewing game. Uh, I'm excited to jump in. Going to be playing through it with uh, my friend. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's doing very well. Um, apparently, people are really into how the Coalition is delivering storytelling in this game, which is a great thing. And I'm like, that's yeah. one of the things I'm most excited <laughs> for. I knew the, the like the the shooting and the third third person cover based shooting. Uh, was going to be killer. Like, that's, you know, you'd expect that in a Gears game. I wanted to know about, like, the narrative stuff. And the fact that the narrative is yeah. what's getting talked about most in these reviews has me pumped. So. Yeah, I'm with you. My worst case was, like, you know, oh, the multiplayer is great, but the campaign is, is so so. Like, that would have been, that would have bummed me Halo out. Halo 5. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but uh, this, uh, uh, yeah, the reviews so far have me fucking jacked. I was already pretty hyped, but this is, like, it's a good feeling when, like, your hype is confirmed and you're like, all right, I'm safe. It's going to be good, you know? And this is, like, hokey and, like, whatever, but the fact that Dave Bautista is going to be in the game as, like, a multiplayer character ah, is really cool. Right. Because that he's cool. talked about trying so hard to get the Gears of War movie made and no one wants to make it in Hollywood. And he's been, like, at the forefront of, like, wanting to make it happen because he really wants to play Marcus Phoenix, which I think is, like, really dope casting. Um, but, yeah, it's it's great that it's getting good reviews. These. These games are coming in. I guess Man of Madonna is the first real stinker, right? Uh, out of the out of these big fall games. I'm trying to think of anything else because we had Control, which reviewed well, Astro Man Chain, which reviewed really well, and now Gears Five. So we'll see what happens. Got good games. Yeah. Next up, uh, this isn't too much of a news story, just kind of an update. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 will get multiplayer post-launch. We had heard CD Projekt would. Uh, CD Projekt Red mentioned it before in terms of the game having multiplayer eventually, and they announced now that they're currently hiring. They posted a thing on their Twitter saying, if you're interested in helping us develop the multiplayer of CD, uh, of Cyberpunk 2077, come and try to join the team. Um, please, please, please don't be a Rockstar situation where they do this instead of single-player DLC. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I have faith in CD Projekt Red, but as Dom would say... It hasn't happened until it happens. I think that what is that what you say or you know what, boys? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> CD Projekt Red, I'm sure, is about to have to deal with microtransactions, and we're gonna test how much goodwill they've built up. Also, shout out to all the people that are getting furious over the fact that they took away binary gender selection, which is like dumb because 
not that they did it is dumb. The fact that people are mad about it is dumb. Um, in a Except future... for the fact that you just gave those people a shout-out. Well, yeah, I'm doing it ironically, obviously. <laughs> but if it, if people are any anywhere familiar with Cyberpunk, it would make more sense for you to focus more on the features of the character as opposed to a binary sex selection, right? So, Yeah, that's, that's one of those so... things where I read about that and just kind of like, I don't understand any side of this. <laughs> I'm just going to trust that what they're doing makes sense and it's good. I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't affect me. Does, like, it's like, all right. Yeah. How does that work, Jared? It's just you You select, like, a body type. Uh, so it'll probably be, like, masculine and feminine body types. And then... So it sounds like you're still picking one of the two. You're just not... They don't literally have labeled. the label of male yeah. or female. Yeah, exactly. And you probably, like, can adjust, like, you know, chest size. And uh, you can put hair on any character so they're not, like, set to... A specific right. character or makeup or any of that stuff you know so any of like the custom customizable options are available for bolt it's just they're not labeled as such it's yeah it's a weird thing to complain about uh <laughs> let's not can't take any more time for my uh bad shout out of those idiot people um <laughs> yeah this one is just something i wanted to mention because obviously we're we're from software boys here in this household uh mm-hmm. so According to the listing We're from software family, actually, so <laughs> get out of here with your fucking Lords of the Fallen bullshit <laughs> and your surge oh. crap. Uh, <laughs> so, according to a listing on Target, this recently popped up. Uh, Elden Ring is expected within the first half of 2020, specifically for the fact that it has a June 30th, 2020 marker on it. Obviously, for us, we know that that's a placeholder date. It's not actually coming out June 30th. Um, when stores do this, it's usually in preparation for a game that doesn't have a date that's expected before that date. You know, normally we see the December 31st, right, for every year when games don't have a launch date yet. Obviously, this doesn't mean it's coming out in the first half, but it indicates that that could be a possibility. Um, hopefully, we see more of the Game Awards. It just, it's, it's an interesting tidbit because we know from software's tendency to release games in the first half of a year, usually within the first three to four months. So it holds true to that. Uh, schedule for them, but because we've seen such little of Elden Ring, uh, who's to say this is even possible? You know, we don't know Guys, how far along it is. Consider, consider this: Elden Ring uh, comes out as we would have guessed in you know like March next next year, like every other FromSoft game comes out in March around there. Cyberpunk comes out in April, and then The Last of Us Part Two comes out in like may or june or something like consider that string of games right there or like, february remember there's that rumor of it coming before so it'd be like maybe before even, them yeah, yeah. And like, it's not a, that it's an, also not including animal crossing obviously not on the same level and avengers which yeah, who knows what that'll people. be and then yeah you're right you got avengers, avengers. In and and uh watchdogs uh the new watchdogs which just is really packed cool. assemble it's everyone just trying to get their piece of the pie before next gen comes out. It's like, hey, this uh, this install base buy our games. Um, so we'll see what happens there. The last bit I wanted to mention is also CD Projekt Red news. Um, it's something like we probably assumed was happening, but they gave confirmation that they're doing uh, exactly this. During their most recent financial report, CD Projekt Red announced it has split its studio into two teams. They stated the reason for the move was to be able to conduct parallel work and make the gap between projects yeah. shorter in yeah. a self-proclaimed dual franchise model. Now, uh, what other franchise are they looking at, Jared? <laughs> uh, for reference, the studio currently employs 887 employees. 
God so damn. if they split in half, obviously it'd be four forty. Fucking holding, pulling down over there. Employing so that includes everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw it out because I didn't realize this that that also includes GOG or whatever yes. it is because they own yeah. that too, and I didn't know that. So that's probably a couple people. You didn't watch the no clip doc, I Dom. Would... If no. I was a betting man, I'd say oh, it's less it. than like seventy-five people because of the uh, yeah. structure of that website. But I was thinking a hundred at most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred. No more than 150, you know. But, uh, yeah, still a lot of employees <laughs> employing the entire uh, country this, of Poland. Gentlemen. Let me say this. The fact that they are on now a dual track for Cyberpunk and Witcher sequels to come out for hopefully the next, you know, 10 to 12 years. I'm not asking anything crazy, just a couple or few, whatever. God, that is fucking awesome. That so is do you expect- so awesome. Do you expect the next Witcher? I have a, du- a, two, a dual part question for you for this dual franchise model. Gotcha. Uh, the next Witcher, is it? Do you think it's going to be called? It's not going to be Witcher Four, right? It'll be called Witcher no, subtitle probably. Uh, Absolutely. And you, it, more than likely, hundred percent, it's going to feature Siri. One hundred percent, I'm willing to bet money on it, Jared. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, obviously, you're way more familiar with the franchise, so it's like. I wanted to know what you thought but about But do that. you get to pick I think pick it will be a sequel to Witcher 3. <laughs> God damn it, dumb. What, Jordan? Um, I think it will be a sequel to Witcher 3, by the way. Yeah, just not in title. It won't be Witcher 4. Well, that's one thing, actually, that this uh, news uh, feature brings up is that how are they going to deal with sequels for both of these franchises where... I'm sure it's going to be the same in Cyberpunk where you can have up to fucking 18 endings. And then if you look at the minor variations, there's hundreds of different endings, really. Yeah, Uh, they will pick one. Yeah, they'll have to pick one. And we've seen studios do that before, you know, Sucker Punch with Infamous. They can do the Mass Effect thing where, uh, like, your save transfers over. They could. um, But it's so varied that could be really difficult, right? The Mass Effect thing happened within a generation, you know? You're right, um, and we're going that that's to... that's impossible. You're right. But I would say that they'll end up just picking. But the biggest thing I'm saying is that it's not a light or dark ending like with Infamous. It's one of many, so they're yeah. going to have to be like... Ending C out of, you know, A through F is the one that uh, the sequel em- employs. I would yeah, say the smartest you can... thing is like... Go ahead, Dom. Sorry. Yeah, so that worked for, like, Telltale, right? Where, like, their games are so much smaller in scope. Where, like, uh, I think Walking Dead Season 3 started and, like, several handful of different things, you know, that you pick ahead of time from the previous game affect what happens in that third game. Um, oh, so you didn't transfer your save. Well, it, you could, and that would just make the choices already made. Or if you didn't already transfer made. your save, then you could kind of pick, like, what happened before. Right. Um, and it... That had a handful of different options or whatever that would change how three... Like, the core character, or two characters or whatever... Whatever, it's a fucking game if I spoil it. (laughs) Clementine and the baby, you know, survive season two, like, no matter what, right? But there are certain other major characters that do or don't, and things like that, that affect how the third game starts. Um, So you... that's tough to do in, you know, like, Witcher 4, like, that each game is already enormous. you do that in Witcher 3... You pick, 
I don't know if there was safe transfer because it might be possible. Well, that's cross-generation. I don't know. I do know that there's a part at the beginning of Witcher 3 where, um, like, since I had played Witcher 2, I basically just chose the events that happened in my Witcher 2 save when I started up Witcher 3 and he's, yeah. like, asking me the questions. Um, so, yeah, they've already done that before, so that's a good point uh, that you reminded me of is that... Um, They've experienced this before. They've dealt with this before in a franchise. So. Also, in Cyberpunk, at the beginning, you're choosing one of three origins. So it would be... Right, right. You Ooh. could expect in the sequel, they maybe pick three like canon endings, and you choose from one of those three. That's, so maybe not one of the 12 endings or whatever you can get in the first right. Cyberpunk. They just pick three of them, maybe. That's another difference in the two series. Although they're deep RPGs, the Witcher series has a... Uh, character already set for you and seemingly will with Siri. I don't think that they'll do, you know, a customizable character oh, for Witcher no. 4. But, God, I hope not. But, yeah. Uh, let's hop into this Nintendo Direct. Um, there was a lot of stuff announced. We're only going to go over the 10 things I felt were most notable. If you want to get the full rundown of everything, I'm sure there's a website you can Google to give you that. Probably IGN or GameSpot. They're usually really good at giving you a a rundown of all the announcements and the yes. specific details. But we're only covering the prime real estate in that direct. That um, prime state. So this one was kind of leaked beforehand, but we got Overwatch. Uh, the date, it's coming out October 15th. Um, the weirdest thing about this coming to the console isn't that it's an, a game that's entirely dedicated to online and Nintendo Switch doesn't necessarily have the best online service. There's yeah. motion controls for certain abilities for certain characters, which Whoa. is not going to get used by anybody if they're trying to be competitive. <laughs> um, it's like gyroscopic like motion wow. controls. Very weird. Very odd. Uh, Junkrat, whose ability mm. is, his ultimate is he gets a tire, he revs it up, and then you control the tire as a bomb, and you find somebody specifically, and what you blow it up, fuck? right? And you detonate it. That can be controlled by gyroscopic motion controls. And it looks like a nightmare. I think it's already hard okay. enough to control with joysticks, so... Um, I was gonna say I don't. I've never used it myself, but apparently in Doom on the Switch, you can aim. You know, by moving the console, gyroscopic, yeah. right? That's yeah. the, so, but apparently that's like way better, according to some people. That oh I've yeah, heard of. I bet because I was just about to say, I don't think enough people played Doom on the Switch to realize that this console is not. Uh, and I'm not even talking about like graphically or how it runs. I'm talking about like the physical console itself is not prepared to handle a first-person shooter of this right. ilk or a third-person yeah. for that matter. And so I think a lot more people will try. Well, they do Fortnite on there, I guess. But anyways, um, I think a lot of people will see that trying to play Overwatch on their Switch. Uh, next up, we had another mobile-ish type uh, experience invading the Switch. Uh, they announced Super Kirby Clash, which they detailed as a free-to-start multiplayer game. It's going to have more than 100 quests. Uh, it was shadow-dropped the day of the of the uh, Direct, September 4th. And, yeah, it's just it's a weird, like, mobile-ish type experience. When they say free-to-play, it's like you're going to hit a wall, and then you're going to have to buy something, right? So yeah. where that wall is for the people interested in Super Kirby, check that out. Uh, next up, we finally got a title for Town, which is the Game Freak RPG that takes place in a in a one specific small town. And the title is Little Town Hero. Oh my 
God, are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> no, that's the name of the title. God damn. Also, that game, I gotta say, I don't love the look of it. Once I actually, like, I heard the concept from you and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I saw the actual gameplay and footage of it. I was just, I was not that into it. I, I don't know. They're the only people that I've ever seen add two words to a title and make it more generic sounding. Um, the cool Dude, thing, though, is all they the... They fucked that up so hard. All of the music in the game is by Toby Fox, who did Undertale. So that's a cool. positive there for people who really enjoy the soundtrack from Undertale. I know a lot of people do. Uh, that's coming that's, out. That's uh, Japanese developer co- collaborating with a Western. I guess did he do all of Undertale? Or just yeah, music? he developed it all by himself. Everything. Yeah, that's that's an interesting collaboration right there. Yeah. Uh, were the Cadence of Hyrule's devs the people behind uh, that game? Or are they Western? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. I don't know where from, but they're definitely not Japanese. Okay. Um, I could answer, yeah. That comes out October 16th, so a day after Overwatch comes out. Um, next up, uh, Banjo-Kazooie was shadow-dropped. People have been wondering the date for when he was going to be added to Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it was September 4th. So oh, right... I thought you were talking about the game. I was like, they did that shit? No, Holy no, no. Holy gosh. Um, so after the direct ended, uh, Sakurai came on and did a video explaining the character and his moveset and how to play as him, and the character was available. So that's really cool. Shadow drops are always welcome. Uh, they also announced, mm. and forgive me, this is not a series I'm familiar with, uh, they announced Terry Bogard is coming to Smash. Apparently, this is a big deal. He's from Fatal Fury, which I guess is like a classic fighting game. Once again, sorry. If you want, I the... was, I reacted the same way you are. Like, oh, is this supposed to be a big deal or something? Which <laughs> like I they made guess it. This is a classic yeah. video game series. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the real whatever, where I'm from, Software House. <laughs> if you want the real awesome reaction to this, I guarantee you that one of the pe- uh, one of the members of Easy Alley has probably lost their mind at this announcement. Um... He's going to be coming November 2019, and the coolest thing about all of this Smash Brothers news is instead of being stuck to the five DLC characters they originally announced, obviously Banjo-Kazooie is the fourth one, and the fifth one is still, uh, sorry, uh, Terry Bogart is the fourth one, the fifth one's still unknown. They announced that there's more DLC fighters in development, so they're not sticking to the original five, uh, which is smart on their end because it seems like these partnerships are great for the marketing for both the game that's coming out and for... Uh, Nintendo, right, for Smash Brothers, so I'm glad that they didn't limit themselves because now, even after the fifth one is revealed, we'll always wonder, is this is this Nintendo Direct going to have a Smash reveal of a new character? I think it's really we'll cool that they kind of opened the door on that. Um, well, there's uh, a limit to how many they're doing, right? Like the season No, there was a, a limit of five. In this Direct, they announced there's no limit. There, There's oh, additional DLC okay. characters actively in development. They didn't give a specific number at all. My bad. Spaced. No problem. Uh, next up, I'm sure two people are excited about this. Uh, Deadly Premonition 2 was announced. Deadly Premonition 2 Blessing in Disguise. It's coming in 2020. Uh, this is a weird, very weird Japanese horror game that a lot of people loved the first one. Um, it's kind of a cult classic at this point. Uh, <laughs> when you said the title, I didn't think of like... The colloquial term "blessing in disguise." I just thought of friend of the show "blessing" <laughs> in, disguise. in disguise. That's funny. 
That gives me an idea for a tweet of like photoshopping him to a disguise. Uh, and the first game, Deadly Premonition, is was shadow dropped today on the Switch. It's like a remastered version. It has a different title. Wasn't able to write it down in time, but. Yes, if you're interested in the series and this sequel trailer had you interested, the original is on Switch for you to play today. Um, Quick shout-out to Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition coming to the Switch. It's regarded as, like, one of the best RPGs in the last decade. Um, I might actually pick it up on the Switch. It's a very dense game, and it seems like something that's cool to chip away at. I don't know if I'd ever tackle it, like, on PC or on my Xbox, but... uh, yeah, it being available mobily. And that was also shadow dropped. And the coolest thing is if you are one of these PC dorks that does your Excel spreadsheets, uh, it uh, features Jesus. cloud saves that work between Steam and the Switch. So your That's save wild. can go back and forth all between Steam and the Switch. about that shit, bro. I'm all about it. Yeah, awesome. Man, so uh, the other thing, Jared, I was reading about this because I've been teetering with the idea of this game for a while now, but I've never gotten into anything in that genre, right? That like CRPG style. Yeah. And this game in particular is supposed to be really difficult from what I understand. Um, but apparently uh, when it released on consoles, and I assume the Switch version will also have this, is like there's a, a easier mode, like a story-based mode kind yeah. of a thing, um, which would be uh, which is even more enticing to, for someone <laughs> like us, I think, to, to get into it. And now that it's on the Switch, it's like, ooh, okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be good, dude. <clears throat> it's one of those games that, like, you hear it's, like, so great and you're, like, partially interested. But you're like, I don't know if I'm interested enough to battle everything that, like, I'm unfamiliar yeah. with or uncomfortable with. But right. It's just those so doors. different yeah. gameplay-wise than what than what I'm used to. So it's, yeah. You mentioned uh, P. Hines earlier, so I'll mention this, I guess. Doom 64 was announced uh, coming November 22nd. Uh, the first time this game is going to be available on a Nintendo console since its original release. Uh, why did P. Hines upset you? Dumb. What did you do? So, I'm always the guy, and I'm always trying to scold people and tell people, you know, don't let your expectations get too high. Um, for like, you know, when it He's comes to state scolder. of play, when it comes to state of play, and when it comes to Nintendo Direct when they're announced, I'm always the guy who's like, well, you shouldn't have expected so much. Like, it, you know, whatever. It's anything is good. It's more than you had yesterday. I'm always that guy. Um, but I let myself. I broke my own rule. So like, Pete Hine. Pete Hines got his own little clip recording of himself announcing Doom 64, right? And in my head, I'm like, oh, there's got to be more. Like, they, he wouldn't make his own video, like, home <laughs> recorded or whatever, if yeah. this was all he was going to be announcing. Like, there must be more. I'm like, like, and of course, I'm like, Fallout 3, remastered for that, fall, finally, like, right, Fallout 3 on Switch, Fallout 3 on Switch, just, like, going in my head on loop. I let myself, my thoughts get there. <laughs> That's and quite then, a jump from Doom 64 <laughs> Well, what else, right? It's so funny, the expectations, because I didn't even know he did that. So when the mess thing popped up, a message from Bethesda, I was like, oh, neat. And then they announced Doom 64. I was like, oh, cool. But on your end, yeah. you're like, there has to be more. There has to be more. But the fact that, I mean, in every Direct, it's typically like, you know, it's just a quick pre-rendered yeah. trailer or whatever. But it was actually a video of Pete Hines himself, like, in some Bethesda fucking courtyard or whatever, you know, with a Doom prop behind him. I was, I'm, and, and I did it myself. I shouldn't even <laughs> even expected anything more. But I thought to myself, oh, there must be more to this than just some janky there must old be more. Doom um, 64 port, you know? Yeah. But there was not, alas. So, so real quick, uh, there was some ports announced, too. We're going to run through these real quick before we get to the three last uh, bigger announcements. Um, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 is coming out September 24th. This is, like, a really beloved classic Star Wars game. Um the good thing is it's like an old game, so it won't suffer too much coming to the Switch, thankfully. 
Um, Nino Kuni two, or sorry, Nino Kuni as is coming t- as well on September twentieth. So you can pick up Nino Kuni and Link's Awakening Remaster the same day. Uh, Nino Kuni as well. <laughs> uh, as well, yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed 4 and uh, Rogue were in a bundle that was announced to be coming to Switch. I didn't catch the date on this, um, but it was at a like a uh, bundle price. Like it was cheaper. Yeah, I Rogue don't where you play as a Templar. Looks really rough in my opinion, as most of those uh, Assassin's Creed games on Switch looked in that remaster package. I did not catch a date either, Jared. I don't know that they said it. Yeah. Uh, I thought I missed it, so that's why I, I said that. I, maybe they didn't say anything. Oh. Uh, Call of the Cthulhu coming out. Uh, I, enjoyable game. Uh, Swim in the Sevens. Uh, Outer Worlds did get mentioned. No date, though. Said it's coming soon. Damn it. I was sure that it would get <laughs> at least a time frame, you know. The last, uh, the last three things. We're going to finish with Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and then we'll get to the SNES stuff. So, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, they talked about customization and how it's expanded. Um, it's in previous Pokemon games. It was like, oh, you can change your shirt from one of three shirts, and you can change your pants from one of three pants. Uh, there's a lot more options in it now. You can change more than just those. You can change your shoes, your gloves, and I think a couple of accessories. So that looks really cool. Make it more uh, customized to your own experience, so everyone's not wearing the same now, two suits. Does this game include binary gender, Jared? Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, they're stuck in the past. Um, uh, where was I? Dang, you threw me off. Uh, Sorry. Oh, it's fine. So, Pokemon Camp is... Uh, Jordan Minu obviously, have played the most recent Pokemon games. It's the interact with your Pokemon and get stuff for it uh, feature in this uh-huh. game. But the cool thing... Tell me about it. It's, it's like, basically, it's cookie cutter what you'd expect from it in terms of, like, what we've seen in the past. But there's an additional thing that... Um, if you're in the wild area and you have your tent out and you're connected online, you can visit other people's tents and visit their Pokemon, which is cool. So, like, if you have your tent out in the wild area and I come across you, I can visit and I can check out the Pokemon you have. And they alluded to the fact that I might get something for interacting with your Pokemon. What that is, maybe berries, maybe, a, like, held items, right, to evolve Pokemon, you who knows? you are going to walk into my camp <laughs> and touch my Pokemon? Um... Don't you ever touch my Pokemon again. They added, and this seems like it's super inspired by Breath of the Wild. They added a cooking thing to the camp where you cook different types of curry. Apparently, there's over 100 different Mm. types of curry that you can make, and each one has different benefits. And every time you finish a recipe, it gets saved in your curry decks. So you know exactly which recipes equal which uh, outputs for your cooking. Um, it looks really fun. It's an additional thing, and messing with those recipes is, I think, a, a little more than I'd expect in like a Pokemon side activity. So I like that, and the fact that you can experiment with different ingredients. Um, yeah, it's a neat little addition. On top of that, they announced two new Pokemon. One is called Poltegeist. Uh, it's a ghost uh, that lives inside of a teapot. It's like a really cute ghost Pokemon. I'm assuming oh, it's the man. first evolution in a line. Um, I will say at least it's a ghost because it has a body, it has a form, Jordan, and it pops out of the teapot. It's not like okay. the other ones that are like, I'm a ghost. Uh, a little teapot? Haunting an inanimate object, and I am the inanimate object, right? So it's cool that it's like an uh, it's an actual gotcha. ghost inside of it. Um, and so the, he's not haunting the teapot specifically. Exactly. He's just like using it as a, it's like a snail in a <laughs> shell, right? It's his shell. So it's like he's hiding in it. Gotcha. Um, 
The second one, he looks like a doofus. He looks like the bird from Up. He's called uh, Cramorant. He, so he's a blue bird with, like, yellow accents, Jordan. And he looks, like I said, he looks okay. dumb. But, so he's flying water, which is a really cool combination. It's one of those, like, anti-weakness combinations. But he has a really special ability where if you use Surf or uh, Whirlpool with him, right, the specific moves... When he comes up from it, he'll have a fish in his mouth, and if your opponent attacks him with a physical attack, he'll get a free hit on them, and he'll spit out the fish and hit him with an additional attack. So it's like part of the strategy of, like, you can get bonus hits in if you time, like, surfs or whirlpools. It's a really cool, like, unique ability we haven't seen in a previous Pokemon game, so. Yeah. Um, I hope he evolves into something else because he, I'm telling you, he looks like an idiot. Looking like a doofus. Huh? He looks like a, he's the Psyduck, and I hope there's a Golduck version of him, you know? Um, hopefully he has his glow up. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, not much to say here. It was an intro video explaining a lot of stuff. If you're familiar with Animal Crossing, it was literally like... Nothing you're unfamiliar with. Uh, and also, if you watch the uh, E3 announcement of the game's release date, a lot of the same information was tread. We got the date of uh, March 20th. I know that it was dated for March 2020, but I don't know if it already had a specific release date. So forgive me if so. it did. Um, and the other cool thing, uh, there's Nook Miles, which are essentially rewards you get for achievements in-game. So if you sell X amount of weeds or uh, catch uh, X amount of fish. If you sell weed, exactly. Um, You get rewarded with either um, blueprints for certain objects you can build or uh, opportunities for certain uh, events. So that's really cool. It's an incentive to keep playing, right? Because we've talked about Animal Crossing is a chill game. You play it at your own pace. um, But adding these incentives will keep the um, the what is it the uh, the bait on the hook for people you know wanting to continue playing. Gotcha. Lastly, I, on a stick. I would assume it, this is the biggest announcement for most people. We're getting SNES uh, games to the online service. Um, I wasn't able to write all of them down, but it's 20 games in total that are launching tomorrow. Uh, the ones I was able to write down are Link to the Past which I'm going to get around to, and it will be my first time playing that game, so I'm super excited. Ooh. Uh, Star Fox, uh, Super Mario World, Yoshi's Island. There was There's a ton of games. Like I said, 20 games coming out. Um, it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, the, the other thing I wanted to add that I didn't write down, it's going to feature the rewind mechanic that you can do uh, in the NES games at launch tomorrow, which is great, tomorrow being September 5th. And lastly, the SNES Bluetooth controller that we... Was it the trademark that leaked, Dom? Do you remember? I think it was a trademark, yeah. maybe. I thought uh, it was a or patent. Or Jordan, if you remember. Maybe the patent. Or a, uh, like a blueprint type of deal. Yeah. I don't know. We knew about it. Um, obviously, we joked about that it'll probably cost an arm and a leg. It'll co- probably cost 60 70 bucks. And we were talking about, we might as well just get the bit, uh, bit Tendo. 8-bit. Bitendo? A bit dough. There you go. Uh, one because it'll be the same price, right? But turns out, in a shocking turn of events for Nintendo, it's only thirty bucks, um, which I was surprised by. Um, I'm probably gonna end up buying one now uh, because I can get two now for the price of one eight bit dough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't know if you guys are shocked at the price of thirty dollars. Not that it's not worth that. I think that's a reasonable price, but for Nintendo's sake, 
it came off as like super yeah um it depends on how much i can use it in other games good point yeah so yeah the the one thing that i did think was weird though i guess i suppose it makes sense was that it they said it's available exclusively to the nintendo switch online subscribers yeah did i hear that right that i'm not i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing it just it just seemed weird i don't know yeah but i think that's their way of justifying to themselves to only make it 30 dollars you know Right. I think they're yeah. like, well, we'll give it, we'll make it exclusive, so it still has that Nintendo prestige. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll make it. And I guess it's, boy, it's, to do instill I love the idea. that Nintendo prestige. <laughs> to instill the the idea that like this is for SNES games only available on the Switch if you're an online subscriber. So like, why else would you need it unless exactly. you already subscribe? But it's like, yeah. So like, Jordan to Jordan's point, does it work with other games? two that don't need analog analog sticks at least does it work with other platforms even i doubt it but i but i want to say like the pro controller works on like pc well, and stuff so the, i don't know you can use your gamecube controller for a lot of games yeah i'm getting right. this for super mario maker 2 if not anything else like uh the the nes one works the nintendo nes one works with super mario maker 2 so i have reason to believe that this one will too okay so, it would be yeah, a absolutely. dying crime if it did not, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, so that's really awesome. Good direct. Nothing, like, spectacular or mind-blowing, but I think it was very solid. 40 minutes, a big beefy one. We'll probably yeah. get There's another one beefy. by the year's end, but it probably won't be this lengthy. It'll probably be a shorter one um, about something specific, more than likely. Oh, last thing. Luigi's Mansion 3. I knew it was dated for October. It got a release Luigi. date now. It's coming out uh, on... Halloween, mm-hmm. October thirty first. They that one I do remember the release date from a few weeks ago or something. Okay, so that was already dated. Good yeah. to know. Uh, let's hop into what we're going to be playing. For me, going to be finishing Control. There's a movie that's coming out this weekend that I want to see. What is it? It Chapter it, Two. Oh yeah, never mind. I'm not super excited to see it after all. Oh. Uh, Jordan and I were talking about this before the show. Reviews aren't great. I still want to see it, but it seems like it's not going to hit the mark that the first one did which was a really high mark. The movie's incredible. Um, but I'm still going to see it. want to see how things conclude, but it sucks that it's not up to par with the first one. But who knows? Maybe I'll I'll Batman v Superman it, and I'll enjoy it more than critics did. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's still probably going to be uh, better than, you know, 90% of horror movies that are released, even if it's not And to my point, I'm not saying that this has a, is reviewing as bad as Batman v Superman. I'm just saying I might like it a lot more than critics like with Batman v Superman. So I just want to be clear. This is still like a 7.5 at its lowest. It's still a good movie, but not to what a lot of people wanted it to be. I'm going to be watching more of all the shows I've been keeping up with. Uh, and there was an, uh, I'm going to get around to start watching The Boys too, Jordan. I don't know if you finished that or not. Um, so I'm going to start watching that as well. Really intrigued to get into that. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it for me. Uh, more Apex, more Control. Uh, Gears of War, if I'm able to get my friend on this weekend, we're going to start it up. Uh, we played every Gears of War together except for four, so we want to try to make it Dude. happen with five. I'll play. <laughs> so, I appreciate the sentiment, but he's... Me and Jordan will play then. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's like my childhood friend from like a young age. So it's like, but if for some reason he's like, "Yo, dude, we can't play it. I have to play with somebody else, or I have to play it on my own," I'll message you and we can figure out to play together. Nah, I, and I, I actually, 
I was mostly kidding because I play games at often random and often mostly inconvenient hours of the day. So I, so I wouldn't want to ever... invitation. So I yeah. felt bad <laughs> and I felt awkward. See what I did there? Yeah, great, awesome. Classic manipulation. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much everything for me. What about you, Dom? Gears Five. Even though it is a series in which I myself was killed off from, well, I just spoiled. <laughs> Yeah, Gears, Gears games. Three. But whatever. Gears. Um, I'm hyped for Gears 5, and I'm, I want to play this game, and I can't wait. Yeah, super excited. Can't wait to play as Batista 2 in multiplayer for the three matches I play before I never played again. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was me in Gears 4. I'm like, oh, multiplayer, this could be fun. Three games. Nope. Jordan, I, are I we finishing Control by this time next week? Both of us? Uh, we'll see. You know, I don't like to promise anything, but... Um... It's certainly plausible, Jared. It's certainly plausible. Nice. Besides control, anything else on the menu? Uh, there's always plenty on the menu to choose from, Jared. Here at uh, my restaurant. <laughs> Ooh. I'll point out, uh, I might also jump into, and you guys could as well if you haven't already, Inside and Celeste were both free on the Epic Game Store. The Epic Game Store, you guys, Schlecht. something special. So I might jump into one of those at some point. Here. Something special. I claim those every week, dumb. I've already played through yeah. Celeste and Inside, but I'm like, I just like owning them on PC. Like, just free games. Why, Why not? not? <laughs> Why not sure. claim them? Yeah. Sure. Uh, is that everything, Jordan? So. Before we close? Uh, I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Why the, sorry I thought I thought Dom interjected because I thought you had said that there's nothing you could think of. Sorry. No, it's all good. Um, I would like to say that I will most likely play more control. Um, like like we said, it's it, we're getting down to the to the wire on that one. Um, I'll be finishing up uh, Mind Hunter season two. Um, big ol' fat shout out to that show. Um, let me see. Uh, I read Dark Knight Returns 3 by Frank Miller, and I actually liked it probably the most out of all three. It's the most recent one from a couple years ago. Um, so shout out to that. Uh, a little Batman for you. Um, I'm glad he went with a different artist uh, for the most part in this one. Because um, he's, he's just not a great artist himself. Uh, no offense to Frank Miller. Um, and then I think one more shout out a comic Jared I think you'd enjoy called Heathen and also a comic called Sword Daughter the reason I shout them out side by side is because uh, they are both uh, Norse flavored I guess you could say uh, Heathen being more about the gods and Sword Daughter being more about kind of like the show Vikings, a lot like the show Vikings, like the people on the ground. So, uh, two very cool comic books. Shout out. Shout out. Um, Vinland Saga, the anime, apparently is reviewing very well. I'll probably won't watch yeah. it for like two years because I'm going to wait for the, the dub. I'm pretty sure somebody dub, likes to yeah. watch dub. Uh, Probably going to be the same for me. Yeah, but once again, like Norse, so obviously... So, kind of getting those same vibes. 
Um, thank you. Shout guys. out to the Dragon Ball Funimation leaks. I, I know God. you don't want to listen Jeez. to them yourself, Jared, but like, wow, way to fucking change some people's perspective on these characters that we've known for twenty plus years that are you know childhood treasures, and then you're the basically. Sorry to like go into this, but uh, it's basically these leaks of the English dub voice actors for the show um, just doing some very lewd recordings some very inappropriate things of all different kinds let your imagination run the wild uh, because they certainly run wild themselves uh, so <laughs> shout out to that being a mind blowing situation shout out to that anime whistleblower um, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Control Ditchers Gamecast, episode 157. We'll be back next week. Um, I think there's a good chance I may finish Control by next week, but I don't want to make any promises. Sure. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, if you can, please follow us on YouTube. Subscribe there. Hit the notification bell so you know whenever we upload a new video. You can get it in your sub box as well, but YouTube is unreliable with that. Leave a like on the videos. Ugh. That helps us as well. On iTunes, if you go there and you leave us a review, helps us move up in the algorithm, the dreaded algorithm. Uh, Twitter, you can follow the us algorithm. at CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. You can follow me at Jared underscore, you can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos, and you can follow Jordan at Melomotus. We'll catch you guys next week. I don't think TGS is going to be with, I don't know when TGS happens. I know it's in September, but I think we still have a couple of weeks till then. And maybe we'll see some. Tokyo Game Show. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.